and Jacob too, as clearly as I can. Both wedded several wives ere they were through, and many a holy man was like them too. In what age have ye ever seen or read? Did high God by one word expressly said, Prohibit marriage? Pray you, show it me. Or where did he command virginity? I know that doubtless the apostle said, when in his speech he spoke on maidenhead, how in that matter precept had he none. Men may advise a woman to live alone, but counselling is not commanding, surely. He left it to our own discretion purely. Had God commanded us to stay unwedded, he had condemned all marriage when he said it. And if indeed no seed were ever sown... From what, then, should virginity be grown? Ye may be sure, Paul would not dare command a thing on which his master took no stand. The prize is posted for virginity. Race then and see who wins the victory. Yet every man should not receive this word, but only those by whom God wants it heard. A virgin life Paul the Apostle led. Yet nonetheless, although he wrote and said he wished all men were like him, this could be only advice to keep virginity. For certainly he gave me leave to wed, and if I marry when my mate is dead, my marriage cannot be reproached to me or be regarded as a bigamy. To touch a woman is a sin, he said, but on a couch he meant, or in a bed for it is danger touching flint to toe. What that comparison suggests, ye know. And all this means he held virginity a better state than wedded frailty. I call it frailty if a man and wife do not live chastely in their wedded life. I say they do not give offence to me that praise a chaste life more than bigamy. They would be clean in body and in spirit. My state of life, I boast not of its merit. For ye know well, a lord in his household will not have all his dishes made of gold. Some are of wood, and serve him well, I say. God calls us to him in no single way. Each has a special gift within his range, some this, some that, as he may please to change. Virginity, indeed, is great perfection, and continence that keeps in high subjection the flesh, but Christ, that was perfection's well, did not command all men to go and sell all that they had and give it to the poor and follow him. He spoke, I hold it sure, only to those that would live perfectly, and, sirs, with your permission, not to me. I will bestow the flower of all my life in acts and fruit that make a wedded wife. And tell me also, why was there creation of organs to be used for generation? And why were men created anyway? They were not made for nothing, I dare say. Come, smooth it over, and say in explanation that they were merely made for urination, and that our little things are no avail except to tell a female from a male.
and for no other cause. Do ye say no? Experience shows us that it is not so. And if the scholars will not be offended, I say that it is clear they were intended for both, for use and for our pleasure too, if we displease not God by what we do. For otherwise, I ask, why scholars set these words in books? A man should pay his debt unto his wife. What could these words have meant, but that he pay her with his instrument? Then they were made that we might make purgation of urine, and as well for procreation. But I say not that all are obligated, who have such apparatus as I stated, to go and use it getting progeny. That were to take no heed of chastity. For Christ was chaste, yet shaped like any man.